you ever thrown you a curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who've been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Michelle Slaney Travato here, and I wanted to take a moment to welcome you to another episode of the Living Your Legacy Show. Today, it's just me again. I wanted to spend some time following up on some of my previous solo episodes where I was sharing some information about ways and how to create your legacy. So today, we're going to talk about forging relationships. But before we do that, I just want to point out that this is a follow-up episode to number 57 on the podcast called Creating Your Legacy Vision. If you haven't listened to that one yet, I suggest you go back and listen to it first and then come back and check out this one because this follows on the heels of that one. And so you'll understand some of the references in this one better. So let's start with this. To create any legacy, you need to forge relationships, both personal and professional, to be able to move the needle forward on your legacy. There is no way for any of us to do it all alone. Um, And if you've ever tried to do something that's big, you'll know what I'm talking about. So what I've got here is a five-step guide to help you forge those relationships so that you are moving yourself forward in a most proactive and positive way. So once you've got your legacy vision created, which is episode 57, so if you've got that part done, you know what it is that you want to create. The first step in forging the relationships is to identify who do you need to connect with to move your vision forward? That's a really good question. So if you're not sure, here's what we do. Start general and work toward the specifics. So for example, I need to know, I need to connect with someone who knows about franchising. Maybe that's what you're interested in. Or I need to talk to someone who knows how to publish a book. Or I need to know how to reach out for legal advice on fill in the blank here. So really general sort of areas that you need support in. Once you know that area, then it's time to do your research to get specific names of people you can potentially connect with. So how do you do that part? Well, tap into your existing network. Um, Here's a really powerful phrase that I learned. It goes like this. Can you help me? And when you ask people that, they generally want to help you, especially if they're in your existing network. They already know, like, and trust you. So if you need help, they're much more interested and willing to be able to do that. So here are some suggestions of things you can do to go find specific people in those areas you're looking for. Um, do an in-search of ISO on Facebook, in-search of recommendations for 
and see what people suggest. Uh, create a meme of what you're looking for, like um, let's just say retail store owners wanted, right? Um, and post it on all your social media. See who who tags people, who brings people to your attention. So really check those comments in your posts so that you can look for people that are information. Do a video and drop it on TikTok if you're on there. Um, Again, you got to remember that you'll need to filter through all this stuff and you will need to do some further research because some of the people that are connected with you on these social media platforms are not necessarily your actual friends in real life. Um, they may be perfect strangers to you and they may be recommending perfect strangers to you. So you want to make sure that you're doing your due diligence on those things um, just to make sure that the people you're reaching out to connect with are the best fit for you. Um, ask yourself this question, who do I know who knows people in this particular area or field? So if you're looking for, uh, an occupational therapist and you know, a physiotherapist, that's a pretty good person who might know an occupational therapist you're looking for, right? Those people that, you know, you can direct message, email, text, or call them, tell them what you're thinking about doing and ask can you help me? Do you know anybody that I could, I could connect with around this? Generally speaking, people are pretty nice and they'll help. If the suggested person that, uh, the, someone has recommended to you, you've done your research, done your due diligence on that. If they seem like a good fit, ask for a personal introduction if possible, because this goes a long way to getting on someone else's radar, particularly if they're really busy or if they're very skilled in their area, probably means they're in high demand um, and you want to see about the possibility of getting on their calendar to have a conversation. So you want to give that some thought. So this is a good place to start on figuring out who, who it is that you need to connect with. Step two, I've alluded to this already. Do your research. Don't blindly reach out to every single recommendation that people give you. Like I said, find their name, Google, search them, do all that kind of stuff, because otherwise you're going to waste a lot of time and energy and feel like you're running into walls because these are not the people you're looking for. So look up the person that was recommended to you and ask yourself these specific questions. And you may want to get a notepad and paper or take some notes on your computer or phone for this. So you want to ask this question first. Is their specialty actually what I'm looking for? If it's not, then they're not your person. You want to say that their work aligns with your vision. So that's the first question to ask. The second question to ask is, do they have the experience, background, and knowledge that I need to move my vision forward? So again, this is where you're going, a Google search will give you that information. Go on LinkedIn or other professional organizations to check, see who they are, right? Um, often information can be province or state-based. So you want to think about that. If you're looking for a lawyer, you're going to want to look for a lawyer in your area because they can give you the best advice in your area. Okay. So if they're not near you geographically, but their specialty is something that needs to be geographical, they may not be necessarily a good fit for you. 
Um, do you need someone specialized to a particular area or a particular group of people? Like, for example, um, in my own case, I need people who can speak into the world of disabilities um, and they may not necessarily have that expertise. In fact, I find that a lot. So I keep having to search and search and search until I can find someone who understands the implications of what I'm trying to do from their perspective to be able to better guide me. So again, you may need to add that to your search criteria as you're looking. Third, can you be introduced to this person rather than making a cold call or a cold email? Um, if you're unfamiliar with this idea, a cold call is you picking up the phone and calling someone you do not know at all, have no relationship with, and are seeking information. Now, if it's a retail store, that's one thing. Uh, but if it's a professional, like a lawyer or a doctor or someone that you really need their expertise, that may not go as well as... Um, a warm introduction. And that is someone you know, who knows them, um, who can tell them a little bit about you and arrange that introduction. So again, you want to look at the difference between the two. If you can get a warm introduction to someone who's going to help you more um, in what you're looking for, and they're a good fit for you, that's going to go a lot further and shorten up your timeline incredibly. Do they have the references in the area I need that I can contact? So again, if this is a professional or somebody that you may potentially be spending money with to make this information happen, this piece that you need for your legacy, you want to be clear um, that who you're spending your money with is the person you want. So ask for references and then check them. For sure, check them. You want to speak to people who worked with that person to find out what their experience was. And if it feels in alignment with you, then absolutely, that's going to great. That's going to be a great help to moving you forward because you'll find that you'll connect with people and say, mm, not the right fit, not exactly what I was looking for. It may help you to refine your list of what you're looking for better so that you can create more um, specific information to put out to your network to search for you or to put out those um, Facebook um, posts or networking posts that you can ask for that stuff. So step three is this, making initial contact. So again, this is a key step. It's the first time this person will hear from you and it sets up the tone for future contact. So this step is often in writing, email, DMs, that thing. So craft your message carefully. So here's a few steps to help you craft your message. And I thought about this as a former English teacher, I am aware that words have power. So you want to wield your words carefully. So here's the tips for crafting your message. Step one. Introduce yourself in a few sentences, especially if this is a cold reach out. So you want to include where you're located, a little bit of background info on you and what you're needing their services for. Be real clear on that. So now when they read it, they're like, OK, I get where you are. I get who you are. I get a little bit about what you're needing. So now I can tailor my response. Step two, you want to make sure that you're sharing your legacy vision and why you are doing it. The why is the most important part. Why is this so important to you? Because that helps to make it important to the people you're talking to. 
Okay. Um, and you want to do this in just a few sentences and be excited. Nobody likes a negative email. It's a drain. It slows down the process because they have to carefully craft their reply to you. And people are often slower to reply to negative things than they are to positive things, except to lash out, uh, in which case that might not be the person you want to work with. But again, stay with the positive, be excited, share why you want to do this. What impact do you want to create? What do you hope to achieve out of all this? You want to share often a legacy vision comes out of a pain point in your own life and why you're choosing to do something about it rather than sit in the pain or the negativity. This inspires people. It makes them think, oh my gosh, that person is out to change the world and I want to be a part of that. And it piques their interest. And of course you want to have their interest piqued because you want them to reply. Step three, explain that you're going to need help to accomplish your vision and why you chose them in particular in a few words. So again, share a little bit about your research. Maybe you found some great ratings online or your friend raves about this person. Share why they are on your radar in particular. So that's important because everybody likes a compliment. It does not hurt to offer genuine compliments to anyone, particularly if it's someone you want to work with. Ask for the meeting whether that's Zoom, in person, on the phone, and ask them what, what is the best way to schedule that meeting? Because they may have a link for scheduling, or they may have a secretary they need to put you through to, or ask them what the best way is. You want to be real clear in your ask, because if you don't ask, they may not offer. So always put the ask out there. I mean, really, what's the worst that could happen? They say no? Okay. Then you just move on to the next person on your recommendations list. Maybe they weren't meant to be the one working with you. Okay, step four to create this initial contact is express your excitement about moving forward. So people want to work with people who are happy and motivated and excited and seem like movers and shakers. They just do. People want to be a part of the action. They want to be a part of the solution. They want to be a part of changing the world. They want to be a part of good things. They really, really do. So share with them what, what it is that you're hoping to achieve so that they can feel that excitement in your life. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. We all do. Even if it's just in some small way that they can help you achieve something big, they want to be a part of it. And they want to be a part of somebody else's success. They want to know that when you achieve your goal, they played a role in that. That in some small way, they helped you change the world. And maybe you will change them for the better too. So everybody wants that. So tap into it. Absolutely. Step five, end by providing your contact information and your excitement. So share your phone number, your email, any other contact info that works for you, for that person to reach you, best times to reach you, your time zone, if you haven't told them, especially if it's somebody out of state or out of province or not close to you geographically. And end on a really positive note. For example, I am really looking forward to hearing from you to see if we could be a great fit moving forward. So 
so pleasant, so much fun. People are attracted to that. And that's what you want to be a magnet for all the positivity. So you want to draw them to you by sharing with them your excitement, your happiness, your joy at taking control of something that maybe was a pain point and turning it into something amazing for you and as many people as you can take along with you, right? Those are the things that people want to hear. you for being a part of the living your legacy podcast community in 2022 we can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year we've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you the living your legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots we found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience we'd love to help you get your message out let's discuss this Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you. So step four in your relationship after you have made initial contact, your future is in your follow-up. People often say the fortune is in the follow-up, but truthfully, when it comes to legacy making, your future is in your follow-up. We cannot do it alone. So some people, when they get the initial contact, will respond right away and the process will be easy. Some though won't, or they won't be the right fit and you're going to have to keep searching a little bit more. So you got to plan on and for your follow-up. So general etiquette for follow-up after the initial contact, if they have not responded to you, is this. If you email wait a week before reaching out again. People are busy. They could be on holidays. They could be handling some kind of emergency. Your message could be lost in cyberspace. There's a lot of reasons why they don't necessarily respond to you right away. Don't assume the worst. Assume that there's a good reason why they're not responding. You want to always err on the side of this. Um, You don't want to jump to any negative or nasty conclusions that maybe they don't want to work with you or they don't like you or any of that. You don't want to do that. You want to stick to the positive side. They're probably just really busy. Give them a week. Like that's a standard business week. You know, time to respond is good. Um, If they haven't responded by then, I'll go over that in in a little bit, but give it at least a week, you know. Wait a little bit, and then you can always reply again. For direct messages, um, often you can see if the person opened your message, especially if it's using Facebook Messenger. Again, give it a few days if they didn't respond. You also want to think of a couple of things here. Like, is the person you're DMing, do they have a huge number of followers? If so, that your message could be one of hundreds they got that day. So they may need some time to filter through all that. And just because the image or the little it shows their picture in a circle says that they've opened it doesn't necessarily mean they actually did. So here's a good example for you. My son often takes my phone and clicks on my Facebook messenger and he opens all my messages. So it looks like I've looked at them, but then he closes out messenger because he's sneaky that way and puts my phone down. And then I have no idea that somebody actually messaged me unless I happen to see like, gosh, that seems like a new message. Or they reach out to me later and say, hey, just wondering if you got this. Um, so you have to be thoughtful of the fact that there are other reasons, or sometimes people click on it and they think they've responded and they typed a message and they just didn't hit send or 
or they forgot altogether about responding. Somebody, they got distracted, like things happen. So you just want to err on the side of caution there. If they don't open it again, just be patient. Um, you know, it doesn't, it might mean like me, sometimes I will leave the message for quite a while because I know if I click on it and I don't do anything about it immediately, I'll forget. So I leave it until I actually have time to do something with it. And then I click on it and do something with it. So it could be a while before I respond to people. And again, it's not because I don't want to talk to them or work with them. It's just because I'm busy and I need some time to get to it. So you want to give some thought to those things and err on the side of, of, you know, being kind to other people um, if they haven't responded. So if you're going to follow up, and I do recommend you do, especially if somebody hasn't responded to you, you've given it some time, a couple of days a week, um, and you still have, they haven't responded, go ahead and follow up. Now, remember that your follow-up should be pleasant and polite. People want to work with people who are nice to them. They do not necessarily want to work with people that they perceive as being verbally aggressive or angry. Um, It puts them off. So you want to keep in mind that you want someone to want to respond to you. They're going to want to respond to you if you're kind, if you're sweet, right? You're setting yourself up for how they see you. Remember, they don't know you yet. So you want to set yourself up with the best possible reputation you can have and the best possible light you can be seen in. So again, you want to have them want to work with you. and People want to work with pleasant, excited people. So keep your tone really light. Um, So here's a a couple of examples for you. And I've got some notes here. Um, Hi, insert name here. I sent you an email last week, but didn't get a reply. I'm wondering if it's lost in cyber, some cyberspace somewhere and possibly you didn't get it. So I'm trying again. Hopefully you'll receive, receive this and we can schedule a time to talk. So it's no judgment on them. It's very light but it is persistent and that's okay. You can be positive and persistent. That's okay. Not a problem. Um, You might also, I said things in DMs like, I bet you clicked on this and thought you were going to do something with it and then got sidetracked. So now I'm bumping it up to the top of your list. Bump, right? Things like that, that will allow for people to kind of see the humor. And lots of times I get responses that are like, oh my God, yes, I totally thought I did something with this. So sorry. And we keep on going from there right? Keep it light, keep it optimistic, keep it positive, keep it witty if you want, if that's more in your, in the line of the way you do things, right? If you're going to reply or send another email, reply to or forward the original email because then your original thread is in it along with the date you sent it. So they, they will often go back. I know I do when I receive them. I go back and have a look at when the original date was and go, oh yeah, right. I meant to do something with that. So again, they just see the whole message in the thread. You don't need to resend the whole thing. And often just that is enough. So you've done the initial contact, you've waited, you did a little bit of follow-up and often that's enough to at least get a response. And if you get a response that says, I'm sorry, I'm really busy. Could you follow up with me in three weeks or a month? Put it on your calendar, say yes, and then absolutely do that. Um, If it's, you know, hey, I'm so sorry, no problem. And then you keep going. If they say something like, I'm really busy, I'm sorry, I'm just not taking any clients on now, you say, thank you so much for your time and you keep going with your search. You may even say, do you have someone that you know who does something similar to you that is taking clients? So now it gives them a chance to refer you out to someone in their network. Again, 
great things for you to do. It does help to forge those relationships in the most amazing ways. Step five, but what if your follow-up doesn't seem to be working and that does happen and you need to expect it? Well, get creative, not aggressive, creative. Ask yourself, what would get me to reach back out to someone if they were trying to contact me? Not nasty negative, but positive things, right? And then do that. So here's some creative ideas for you on what would make you stand out and somebody might want to um, respond to you. Uh, Send a thank you card, even though they've done nothing for you yet. See, ask yourself this. Um, you can, you might be saying to you, but I don't have anything to thank them for. Sure you do. Thank them for looking at your email or your direct message and express again that you hope to hear them soon, hear from them soon. Express, um, that you're excited, that you've got this amazing venture. You're trying to get moving. You're creating this legacy and you're really excited to hear from them. Because if they haven't done anything for, for you or your name isn't familiar, it's going to make them stop and think. Why would I be getting this thank you card? Now you have their interest and they're probably going to go back and check out what you said in the first place so that they can see what this is all about. Um, If it's within your means, make a small purchase. If they are a product-based business that you want to do business with, make a purchase from them and let them know how much you're enjoying it. Send them an email with a picture of you with the item or write them a review. Um, That's the next one. Write a testimonial or a review and leave it for them. You can also copy it or take a picture of it and send it to them um, and say, you know, you're doing all these amazing things. I just wanted you to know how amazing I think you are. Again, people are going to respond to that kind of stuff because it's really nice. And so much of what comes into our ears and our world um, in the course of a day is negative. So your positivity makes you stand out. Um, here's another one. If again, if you really want to work with this person, you want to find ways to make you stand out from the other requests. So drop off coffee or treats to the office. If they have an office local to you with a note saying how wonderful you think they are or how sweet, if you're dropping off sweets, like have a sweet day, um, and how much you'd love to connect again, it just totally makes sense. They are going to, um, they're going to see it. They're going to be like, who is this part? Like, who does this? Right. So you want to give that some thought. It um, Food often makes its way to the office. It gets you it gets you right where you need to go. Um, so you might want to consider that as another way. But again, have fun with this. Get creative. Um, if this is, you know, something around working with your child, uh, Take a picture of you and your child, have your child and you together, create a little card to drop off or drop in the mail. It's pretty easy to find people's mailing addresses if you do a Google search, right? You want to create warm, fuzzy, positive feelings in the person you want to work with. The more you make them feel that way, the more likely they are to reach back out to you in a really positive way, even if it's just to say, thank you. Nobody's ever dropped off coffee at our office. Like, How wonderful. And even better, choose a local business, not a chain store to support, because now you're supporting two different people and making two different groups feel amazing, right? The likelihood of them reaching back out to you after you've shown some kindness is pretty extraordinary. And it does what's called, um, oh my gosh, the words just left my head. Um, it's, it's, um, 
reciprocity, the law of reciprocity. There it is. It took me a second to think of that. So the law of reciprocity in its basic form goes like this. I do for you because I can. And when I do, you will want to do for me because you can. So when you do nice things for people like that, particularly people you want to work with, now this may be people you're going to pay or people you're going to ask to volunteer, whatever it is, um, you're going to want them to work with you to forward this vision to impact people. And the more you can create good, warm, fuzzy, positive feelings in those people, the more the likelihood is that A, they're going to reach out and B, they're going to be really interested in working with you to help you make your dream come alive. So I hope that these short tips uh, on how to forge relationships to create and further your legacy are going to be helpful to you. Um, I also, it was so super fun for me to put it together. I really sat down and thought about what I was going to write here. And um, if this is helpful and you liked it, please reach out and let me know if there's something you tried that was really awesome. I would love to hear about it because I may do another episode later. And I'm always looking for creative ideas to add to what I'm sharing. So folks, again, as always, always, I think you are really awesome. Go out and start living your legacy today. Have a good one. Does the thought of follow-up give you a foul taste? Do you find yourself wondering how you can ever stand out from the crowd, but need it to be easy and convenient? With a system like Send Out Cards, you can stay in touch and top of mind with only a few keystrokes. People's inboxes might be full, but their mailboxes are empty. Reach people literally where they live, work, or play, and watch the warm fuzzies go to work for you. See the show notes for a link where you can send your first card on me. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.